0: Would you please pray with me? Lord, as you entered into Jerusalem on this Palm Sunday with shouts of joy surrounded by the crowds, may we come to you this morning too with our shouts of joy, our hopes, and our dreams. And may we in this place hear and sing and speak of you. And may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be glorified in your sight. For you, O God, are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Tiny feet creep downstairs, feeling their way in the night. And parents, as many of you have known and experienced, are woken. You're woken by little pleas. Mommy and daddy, save me from. Save me from the things that go bump in the night. Ghouls and ghosts and goblins, monsters hidden underneath beds. Nighttime is scary. The unseen lurking, the unknown sounds. See, we like our certainty. Kids aren't alone in that. We like our certainty. We like things that are solid and things that we can see. Evolutionarily, this makes sense. Small children fear loud sounds that startle. Things that are too bright that they cannot see or as in the night. And we want to protect ourselves. And while some animals have large fangs or shells that they can hide in... All we have is our senses and our minds. And so little ones fear the night and seek out the protection of those who have the experience and the ability to keep them safe. Sorry to parents everywhere because you know this reality all too well. The night is scary and monsters do exist this little boy tiptoeing down the stairs, his name is Max, and he is smart and kind and funny and curious. He is so wonderful and unique, and also he is just like most children that you know. With Max, his, par- his terrors started to become worse and worse. He would actually wake up in the middle of the night and no longer be able to venture down the stairs to his parents' room. Instead, he would cry out and yell in bed for someone to come and save him. And so his parents went to a therapist. They wanted to get to the root of the problem. See, Max had been a great sleeper from the time that he was a small child. And so they, they didn't know what was going on or, or what had changed their beautiful little boy who is now filled with so much fear. After talking to Max's parents for a while, the the therapist had a simple recommendation. Monster spray. (laughs) This incredible spray works to defeat monsters of all varieties, shapes, and sizes. And it works with a 100% money-back guarantee, because it costs you nothing. See, children see the world in a magical way, where thoughts are powerful enough to create what happens. Just as there were terrifying monsters underneath Max's bed, there is also a magical spray, powerful enough to rid the closet of terrifying creatures. So every night, before bed, Max and his parents created this routine where they would go to the closet and spray out any monsters, and they'd lift up his dust ruffle and spray out any monsters from there as well. And I have to say, it worked. Max's parents entered into his world of make-believe And Max was able to conquer the monsters that lay within. And while monster spray might not work for the rest of us, our lives are not that different from Max's. Our lives are filled with hope and wonder and fear. And like Max, sometimes we cry out for someone to save us. As we grow, so too do our fears. We Come home from school, and as children, maybe we're afraid of loneliness, that no one will want to play with us, or that we don't belong. We're afraid of being awkward, which maybe isn't a fear, but if we're all honest with ourselves, an inevitability. It's part of being human. We fear being weird, or left out, or excluded. We have fears about enoughness. Maybe I'm not pretty enough, or smart enough, or strong enough, or good enough at my job, or a good enough spouse. And slowly we realize that our parents can't save us from the larger monsters of the world, and that monsters really do exist. But they're rarely scaly and they don't really have large horns, but instead monsters come in the form of cells that unceasingly multiply or a loved one struggling with mental health, or an accident. Monsters can come from job loss or foreclosure, and policies that restrict personhood and call some people illegal. On Palm Sunday, all those years ago, the people were crying out with joy. Hosanna, which means, God save us. These cries are so different. They're so different from the ones that terrified children cry out at night as parents rush in and teddy bears are hugged. But their shouts of, Hosanna, God save us, are no less urgent. Their shouts of Hosanna were filled with hope, and they were hope embodied. Hosanna. God save us. See, when Jesus marches into Jerusalem on a donkey, he is marching in direct opposition to the Roman Empire. Thousands of people were entering into Jerusalem for a spring festival that would later become the Passover Jews now celebrate. And as we come close again to the time of Passover, where the Jewish people celebrate freedom and liberation, we're reminded of how Jewish people have been oppressed throughout the ages. From the Exodus story and where Moses led his people from the captivity and slavery in Egypt to freedom, to the persecution at the hands of Christians, the horrors of the Holocaust, and the shooting at the Tree of Life Synagogue. It makes sense now, and it makes sense for the Jewish people in Jesus' time, who were at the mercy of the Roman Empire, to be crying out, Hosanna, God save us. And Jesus was providing a counter-narrative, for Jesus' message was one of hope for a radically different world, one of freedom And liberation for all people. As the Roman Empire marched into Jerusalem with white horses and battalions of soldiers with shields and armor trying to keep the peace, the Pax Romana, from the Jewish rebels, Jesus rode into Jerusalem on a borrowed donkey. Speaking of turning the other cheek, and washing feet and eating with prostitutes and tax collectors, healing lepers and honoring Samaritans. The Jewish people held out hope. And maybe that's the most liberating power of the world. Hope. And this Palm Sunday, as we face the monsters under our beds under our communities and our country's beds, what do we cry out to God for? What do we say, Hosanna, God, save us from? This morning, each of you got a piece of paper in your bulletin, and if you didn't, you can use your bulletin itself, that has those exact words printed on it. Hosanna, God, save us from. And this Palm Sunday, what do we cry out for? Maybe God save us from depression. God save us from infertility and economic insecurity. God save us from cancer or from the pain of grief. God save us from the powers that deny and defy the worth and dignity of people of color. What do you feel the need to cry out to God for? Now I'm going to invite you to take a minute and to write it down, what you want to God to save you from. There should be some markers in your pews, and you might need to share with your worshiping neighbor, but take a second to do this. And when you're done writing down whatever you want God to save you from, I invite you to hold it high as the palms were waved in the air on that Sunday all those years ago. Now, you can keep writing, but this doesn't have to be an exhaustive list. (laughs) But I invite you to look around. To look around at all the hopes that surround us this day. For all the ways that we are still crying out, Hosanna, for God to save us. That each one of us hopes for the world to be a little bit different than it is. You can put it down. Hope is a liberative force. Hope tells us that our world doesn't have to be like this. And hope, as we experienced this morning, reminds us that we are not alone. This Sunday, all those years ago, was one of such joy. It was filled with hope of possibility and potential. But the voices of the crowd changed over this week, when Jesus couldn't make the wishes of the people fulfilled, when Jesus chose to be of love and peace instead of violent political opposition. The voices that cried out, Hosanna, on Palm Sunday later cried out for Jesus' death, denying his power. Now, I don't know about you, but how often have I expect, had expectations of God? That when I cry out for something, that God will sweep in and answer my prayers in the exact way that I want my prayers to be answered and think they should be answered. How often have I been like the people of Jerusalem that when God doesn't act in the ways expected that I too find myself questioning God or turning to anger. See, God isn't like our monster spray. Going to come in and clear out all those things that go bump in the night. But what God promises is radical, transformative hope and love. Hope that empowers us and sustains us through the deepest night. Hope that calls us to shout out hosanna, God save us. Knowing that it isn't God who is changed, but it's us. We are changed in Palm Sunday. We are changed in this I wonder what if we held on to our hope with a sense of joy instead of a sense of desperation? What if we hold on to our hope with open hands instead of closed fists, allowing our hope to live and to breathe and to be in the world? Maybe this is better even though it is not easier than any monster spray. And maybe on this Sunday, when Jesus rides triumphantly into Jerusalem, surrounded by hosannas of hope, we too can go forward, unashamedly waving our hopes in the air and opening our hearts to the unexpected ways that God will show up for them and us in ways that we can't even expect, and ways that we can't even imagine. May it be so for you, and may it be so for me. Amen.